This week's Curb Your Enthusiasm recap is coming right up. But first, let me take a moment and thank our sponsor for this podcast. Those are our friends over at True Car, because there's something about True Car a lot of people don't know. Using True Car can help you buy a used car. In fact, there's over 700,000 pre owned vehicles available from True Car certified dealers nationwide. Whether you're looking to buy a new or used car, you can get upfront pricing information that empowers, discounts off the list price, and a better buying experience through the True Car Certified Dealer Network. There's over 700,000 pre-owned vehicles available from True Car Certified Dealers nationwide. You'll get to see what other people paid for the car that you want, and you'll know what a fair price is so you can feel confident with True Car. You can connect with a local certified dealer of your choosing, and you can enjoy a quick and easy car buying experience. With True Car, you can easily find the new or used car that you want. Best of all, True Car users save an average of over $3,000 off MSRP. So when you're ready to buy that new or used car, Visit TrueCar to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Some features are not available in all states. Curb Your Enthusiasm Season 9, Episode 8 is over. We're just getting started here on the Curb Your Enthusiasm Post Show Recap. And now, here are the two guys who never flip the tip. I'm Rob Sestrino, back with Akiva Winnegar. Keith, how are you? Whoa. Yeah, that's never right. Never flip the tip. Never flip the tip. Just take it. Um, no, I mean, I feel like I've... Ne- yeah, if someone offers me money, I'm probably taking it. So that's accurate. <laughs> that's right. Especially for some, like, something professional. Like, you know, it's like, uh, you know, here, hey, here's the tip. There you go. I mean, what, like, Caesar is really one of the most, like, exemplary people we've ever met on the show. Well, until his uh, family befouled Okay, the pool. fine. So, all right, people are messy. To me, I don't think that's, like, that means he's a terrible kid. Maybe his son's a little out of control. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what the message was from Curb Your Enthusiasm this week. It was kind of like, uh, see, this is what happens if you let your handyman's family use your pool. Yeah, very anti-handyman episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so anyway, Keith, so a lot to get to in this episode, which re- maybe saw the end of the fatwa for Larry, although uh, the season finale, I believe, is called fatwa. Yeah, so it's called I wonder- fatwa, which I guess is a slight spoiler, but yeah, it's on Wikipedia. To me, you know, what's weird. Also, some places call this episode the tribunal, but it seems like uh, some other places are calling it, uh, you know, a don't don't wait for second. So there's actually it seems like there's two names for this episode. Hmm. OK, so what's canon? What does HBO call it? I think HBO seems to be calling it the tribunal. Hmm. OK, no, but I'm not sure. Actually, no, I take it back. It's unclear. It's it, I'm, I get both here. Unclear. Uh, yeah. Not super important. Okay. But I. I I don't, I don't mean either way. I've never waited for a second, so I agree. Okay. All right. So uh, we'll talk about everything. A uh, bit of a weirdly structured episode in terms of that we had uh, this interview with all of these past Curb characters uh, plotted a little bit like a season finale in that regard. A little bit like a season finale, a little bit like a different type of sitcom. Like it, there were some scenes that didn't feel very Kirby. Mm hmm. Yeah, um, they did like sort of like break the uh, almost like a Seinfeld sort of way where it was almost like uh, there was a couple of moments where it was like, OK, they're going for like some sort of like a parody of a movie. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot in here. I will say we got a bunch of messages saying this is the best episode of the season so far. 
Uh, I mean, do you want to spoil your rankings? Uh, no, do you of agree? course not. No, no, no. Okay. Let's go through it. I mean, I, I first of all, my mind could be changed either way. Still, we have to really analyze it in depth. But it was, it was, you know, it's worth noting that some people do definitely do feel that way. Although maybe their standards are lower after a couple of mediocre episodes. Okay, so uh, we'll get into all of that. Uh, Keeb, will you be serving sparkling or tap water at your Thanksgiving celebration this week? I, I will say, by the way, the people we go to Thanksgiving. Uh, at a friend's, the same friend's house every year, and great people serve an amazing spread. Not into the drinks, hmm. Like I'll be lucky. You're to get not tap into water. the drinks, or they're no, not. No, they into don't the drinks. do drinks. Actually, they don't. They have a water filter, so it's not tap water. But they never like, hey, here's a beer, or here's like a diet soda. They're they're just water drinkers. Just water. They have like they have like a Poland Spring type machine, so it's not bad water. But you never get there's never juice or soda or or beer or any seltzer even I would sell for seltzer. You know, mm-hmm. that's carbonated water. Certain people are just not not like, you know, and and they'll have like 40 dishes on the table. So, so it's not like they're cheaping out. Could you bring your own Pepsi? I would. I could bring my own Pepsi or your own Coke Zero. The problem is there's so many kids. I got four little kids. They got four little kids. They probably don't want the kids having soda. You bring now, it. I mean, George Costanza I, once wanted to. But then do I have to, to share it? Like, then the kids are all going to want it. And then I have to, like, break the dreams of all these kids who probably haven't seen soda. When I offered Chester's son at a wedding soda, he famously called it yucky juice and, like, ran away. Mm-hmm. So. I mean, what could you bring cans? That Well, that's really sharing. If I bring cans, that's, like, with the intent to distribute them, you know? Mm-hmm. So what would you just bring? A two-liter, like George wanted to do? Two-liter bottle if, of Pepsi, put it right on the table? If I was, like, I try and live my life like Larry David. Like I told, I literally went to a, a brist today, and someone was there, and they were like a rel, like a relative of someone who probably like wasn't even close enough to be there or something. And I, I, and they explained why they're there. I'm like, oh, that's weird that you're here. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I, like I said it to their face, and I do like Larry is my inspiration to sort of like tell people what I think. So if I was really being Larry David, I would bring my own two liter bottle. Or here you could mostly get a, a liter and a half. I think it's like an American thing that you get two liters. So everything's a liter and a half here. Mm-hmm. But I would bring, which is easier to carry. The two liter bottle looks cartoonishly big once you get used to the liter and a half. Yeah. And I bring it and I just drink out of the bottle. That's my thing. Like if I was really just living my best life, that's what I'm doing. Two, uh, a one and a half liter bottle of soda. And you're just going to drink it out of the bottle. Well, I'm not going to finish it. Like I'll bring it home if I don't finish it. But that would be like how I would be a baller, you know, mm-hmm. it, yeah. just drink it out of the bottle. Because th- that also says, hey, kids, you can't ask me for, for it because I'm I've already like, uh, you know, I've already germied it up. Look, I say bring the cans. That's on those other parents to police. But I don't it. want to share the cans. Uh, how many cans are you going to drink? You're going to drink. Well, how many six cans, cans am I bring? You can't buy like a, sing- a single can. You got to buy at least six. You buy right? a six pack. Bring a six. And pack I'm going to bring soda. a six pack cans of of Coke Zero. <laughs> sure. The problem is also like that's what's a bring can? A case. Less than a liter. What is that? Twelve. Case is twelve. You could bring twenty four, but that's like heavy. Yeah. They have a lot of steps. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know. I, I, to me, like six. The problem is also I feel like a pig if I'm going to drink three cans, but I think the amount of Coke Zero I drink might be three cans worth, at least opening up the third can. Yeah. Okay. What about you? What are your Thanksgiving plans? I'm going to be home with my wife and family of mm-hmm. the uh, the boys, and I will be hoping to avoid seeing any other human beings and watching football. Are you Are you allowed to have football on during the meal? Yeah. No, my wife doesn't care about that. Okay, that's great. Yeah, I mean, my one sort of like deal breaker is need to be able to like see the TV while you eat. 
And the people we go to are big football fans. Even his wife is a really big football fan. You don't want that or you do want that? No, of course. Like, I wouldn't go if we weren't allowed to watch while we ate. Right. So, uh, but what's the time difference about when you're eating versus, I mean, football Well, we eat later, right? The the game starts at 7.30. So, we start eating before, we eat late, but still we start eating before the game goes on. But it goes late. It's not a normal Thanksgiving. It's, it's, you know, it's more like a 7 to 10 type of Thanksgiving. Okay. All right. Well, because Thanksgiving is the earliest dinner of the year every for everybody. Yeah. And for you, um, you know, it's the most pie holiday of the season. I like I mean, I'm not a big pumpkin guy, like, hmm. but but the 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 person who we're going to, she makes really good pies and she knows what I like. And unlike my wife, who will like put olives in it because she knows, I say, you know, she'll like ruin foods on purpose. So I won't eat all of it like this. <laughs> my friend's wife will. Uh, will like make food I like for why me, does so. your wife do this is it for like a health reason does she feel like okay well he'll eat mm. the whole thing I think it's like a deep-seated or hatred for you. me yeah. yeah it's a spite I mean I she'll say like well you and also she's not a good share and thinks I'm a bad share because she's such a bad share mm-hmm. so she'll be like well if I make a pie like I'll put it in the fridge and you'll have half of it beforehand and then you'll you'll save the kids like one tiny bite each and I won't get any and so she will like when I went away for a week, two weeks ago, she's like, oh, I'm making everything with like olives and all these like gross things that you don't eat. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I, you know, I do like I think everyone here is out to get me. Like, I do think there's like especially since I've been gone and came back, like there's a concerted effort to sort of like uh, maybe like suss me out and, and try and like get me to leave or something. Yeah. Have you talked about this with your therapist? Uh, no, mm-hmm. no. Uh should I? Yeah. Well, I think that's usually what they tell people when you feel like you, that everybody's out to get you. No, I know that they're out to get me. I don't <laughs> think they're out to get me. I don't know about like the three-year-old. <laughs> right. Uh, all right. Well, let's get into uh, Never Wait for Seconds. And we start off this episode where Larry is uh, seeing a couple that is kissing. He ends up like opening his window and says, all right, take it away. I'm, I'm trying to work. Uh, and people say, well, what, are we not allowed to be happy? And he says, no, you are just not in front of me. I thought that this was going to be setting the stage for something, but uh, this doesn't really come back in the episode. Right. Well, they do it again, but it doesn't it doesn't play into the episode. That's correct. Yeah. But uh, right. I sees them in the restaurant, but there's no it does, there's no like third payoff to this, which is strange. Yeah, but it's funny. It's more of like a cold open that just happens to show up again. It was in. I've seen this before because this was in like the trailer for the season. This scene. Mm-hmm, you're right. It, it's a perfect Larry moment of. Are we not allowed to be happy? No, you are just not in front of me. And I feel the same way. You. What's your feeling on PDAs in front of you? Because I'm repulsed by them. I. I mean, I don't think anybody, unless they're, uh, you know, a one of these uh, real pervs that are out there, like, oh, I love it. I, yeah, I don't even think the pervs like PDA. Yeah, they don't. <laughs> No, because they want to be involved in it. And this person who's famously anti-kissing, I don't want anybody else kissing. I mean, you know, I want people to stop kissing. That's mm-hmm. that's sort of my, like, uh, probably my goal in life is to get people to stop kissing. Yeah, why? What is the reason? You, just, you don't want to see it? You don't want to hear about well, it? Well, I don't want to see it, but I think kissing is bad. It, it's like it shouldn't, I don't know. It's just like gross. There's a lot of like, like it's just like, it, would you share like a cup of milk? I don't know. It, it, why are we kissing? It doesn't make any sense. And you're convinced your wife is out to get you. I mean, she fe- she agrees with me on on that at least. We're on the same page. <laughs> so that's what you guys had in common. That's well, no, no. After after thirteen years, that's what we have in common. Oh, okay. <laughs> you, Maybe not you've from mutually <laughs> arrived at that conclusion. Much like Larry was looking for nine months of of happiness. That's right. 
<laughs> All right. So uh, we meet Caesar, the handyman, and he fixed the lights and the humming. And Larry tries to give him a tip. Uh, again, we've talked about uh, cheapo Larry this season. $10 tip for Caesar. Well, I didn't see the bill, but yeah, 10 seems low. And in the final scene, spoiler of the episode, when he tries to tip the unnamed guy who brings him to the tribunal, he hands him one bill. So the maximum he's offering was 100 although... You'd have to assume it's not a hundred; it's a ten or a twenty, right? Right. So, which it seems like way too low. Like that guy won't take it, but he should also be offering that guy thousands of dollars for saving him. He literally got a death threat from a people who were like, you know, carrying it out, waved from him. Like, there's, you know, ten bucks. I don't think really covers it. Mm-hmm. Right, but that does seem to be Larry's go-to. Uh, what did he try to tip the usher at the uh, Funkhauser funeral? Was that five or ten? Yeah, that was, I think it was a five. I it could have been right. a ten, but I think a five, yeah. I think you're right. That was Sean, my boy Sean Clements, yeah. Okay, so Larry really is feeling like uh, he owes Caesar one. So Larry is back out on a date with Bridget, who's back in this episode. And they're back on a double date with the uh, Funkhauser and the woman that infamously got mad at Larry about the uh, saying that the water tasted bad at Funkhauser's house. Yeah, I, I didn't think we'd see her again, to be honest. Yes, okay, but she was back, and again, she is going to uh, end up getting into a feud with Larry in this episode, but... For a little while, it's going to look like water, tap water under the bridge. That's right. Tap water under the bridge. That's a good hashtag. Yeah. Okay. But before we get to brunch, uh, Larry is with Bridget and uh, they are talking about, you know, how well things are going until the kid walks in. What's the kid's name? Kid's name is Eddie. Eddie. He comes in. And uh, again, uh, Eddie, are we under the impression? Do we think that he has an issue here? I think the fact that Larry keeps bringing it up leads me to believe that we're going to find out that he doesn't actually have Asperger's. Mm -hmm. And uh, he comes in and he says, "Uh, Mom, you still dating this guy? You having sex with this guy? Larry says it's imminent. Yeah, it is. It is imminent. Uh, You know, you got to love Larry and this kid have a pretty interesting relationship. Larry and Eddie in this episode. Mm hmm. Right. And so we find out from Bridget that she wants to send him away to a school that's an hour and a half away. Larry is uh, initially like, uh, well, I can't do anything. But when he finds out it's a boarding school, he is uh, suddenly invested in this. Yeah. Bridget is a NBC censor with a beautiful house uh, and now sending her kid to like a fancy L.A. private school an hour and a half away. Mm hmm. Who's footing this bill? I guess the dad. I guess that she could have some sort of a wealthy ex-husband. Yeah, that's true. I mean, is Larry supposed to pay the tuition for this kid as part of their deal? Um, I don't know. I think it's the issue is more getting into the school and not necessarily the paying the tuition. Right. Right. She doesn't mention the tuition, but it she just seems, uh, you know, like a friend's style, like weirdly wealthy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a good question. Who knows? Maybe uh, old money, maybe. Yeah, like family money? It's possible for sure. It's possible. All right. So uh, this is when Larry and Bridget are at the brunch. They talk about uh, couples with the same glasses. Uh, Keith, have you seen this phenomenon? No. I mean, I wear glasses. My wife doesn't. So it would be like it's a good idea to have matching glasses. But um 
I, you know, I never thought of it. I don't think it, it really does exist. The matching frames on a couple is uh, always disconcerting to me. Maybe that was why Jake Jarmel didn't want anybody to know where he got his frames from. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. I mean, couples matching other than maybe on Halloween is pretty creepy. But the matching glasses, not as bad as a full outfit match, but not right. great. Keeve, did you and Chester do an extensive segment on Jay Peterman, the Buffalo Bills quarterback on the 32 Fans podcast? I mean, I did, it would have been Jay Peterman gave you zero fantasy points this week, and, and Nathan Peterman gave you negative seven, so you should have played any of Elaine's old bosses. You would have beaten, you would have had seven extra points. I was uh, playing somebody that had the Bills defense, and mm-hmm. I was texting one of my other friends in the league about uh, I, I was uh, loving uh, Jay Peterman so much on the Buffalo Bills, but with every interception, I, I had my urban sombrero on. I was uh, scarfing down a hundred year old wedding cake. The only problem is it was too much. It was too much of a good thing that we had to have the whole thing taken away, you know? <laughs> it was like if everyone got free cable, fine. But, like, once people start tweeting about it, then they, they close the loophole. So right. the fifth yeah. interception, they closed the loophole. Yeah, we, they got us with the, uh, the Tyrod Taylor shim-sham. That's right. <laughs> okay. So, all right, here comes Funkhauser and uh, the uh, current uh, steady of Funkhauser, Marilyn. And we are going to try to uh, uh, get a, f- a fresh start. Yeah, we're going to right. No, you know, let's uh, roll the table back. Let's, uh, you know, forget about the tap water. Forget about and it. All. Let's have some champagne for 250 bucks. <laughs> That's right. Uh, now, just uh, to wind it back even further, Caesar called up. He wants to watch the soccer game in Larry's office. Any issue with this? Yeah, I have a big issue. Uh, he wants to watch a Mexico-Argentina World Cup qualifier. Not possible. They're in different continents, so they would never play in the World Cup qualifier. So do you think that this was all a long con that Caesar just wanted to get to the oh, country club? So you're saying, like, because my problem is they don't have a VP of Common Sense on set and someone who follows sports, and they should have easily caught this. I, I tweeted Mexico-Argentina curb, and I'm not the only person to have caught this horrible mistake. Yes. But... Are you saying that this is their sort of one upping us and that he's lying and he needed, you know, he may who knows what he wanted to watch in there? Yeah, to me, I think that uh, he flips the tip. He keeps just like leveraging it for bigger and bigger favors. But he didn't actually like, I guess it's not it's not right. How would Larry know if he watched the game or not? That's by the way. I don't know how we could get the answer to that. You know, to go back to last week, we had a big argument, you, myself, Colin Stone, about uh, the final scene. And I, I, I uh, tweeted at the, the actress oh, who you thought was in the scene. It, it, I mean, incorrectly thought was in the scene. She did not respond. Maybe oh, oh, I, oh, that, well, that then we have our answer there, don't we? Right, but everyone, other than one tweet, no, everyone know, I really, agreed I really, with I, me. I, that, I, I thought we had an interesting discussion. It could have gone either way. It, it seemed like a coin flip matter to me. But but then I really didn't like how I felt like you were getting a little gloaty on social media. I did get gloaty, media. but here's the thing, Rob. Here, Rob, here's the thing. First of all, I, I got gloaty on the podcast. I said, I'm right. There's no reason to discuss this. I was even right. gloatier on the podcast. Right. I have to be fair. This is a very like inside Jewy baseball final scene where she makes a very Jewy voice that I would know to like hear for and understand what's going on and that it's not the yoga Tina's voice. 
And it would be like you arguing with me, arguing with you about like Sister Nino family trivia. Like this is just something I know. And you're going to have I to take my side on it. I don't understand why you're claiming <laughs> that as a Jewish person, you have an understanding of the joke that I can't comprehend. I'm not saying you can't comprehend, but to me, that voice is if I was an actor and and some a female actress and somebody said to me, you know, you're you're, you're going to be in a, in a room with Leon, who it happens not to be in this episode. We should mention there's no Leon, no Jeff, no Susie in this episode. First time this season. And uh, and, you know, like, just make the most like stereotypically Jewish mm-hmm. noises imaginable. And that's what's happening. And there's no connection to Yogatini there. Yogatina. Yogi Tina, mm-hmm. uh, it, it's just a no brainer to me. I, I like I don't like, understand. I'm not, I'm not dying on this hill. I'm not saying that I am 100 percent certain. That was my interpretation. I, I very easily could be wrong. I just I just don't care for how you are uh, not even leaving the door open and uh, and then also retweeting anybody that agrees with you. I don't, first of all, I did not retweet a single person that agreed with me. I have a very firm. I, I go. Let's go back and check now. <laughs> what did you do? I, I, what you responded to every person that yeah, agreed but not, with you. but not, a, but that's just an at reply, not a, not a retweet okay. respond. First of all, I don't. I very. I've retweeted maybe five compliments in the three and a half years we're doing that. You, everyone knows you don't retweet compliments. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't retweet compliments. So that that's a that's a really. Like pretty serious allegation that you're loving at me that I was retweeting people who agreed with me. Yeah. All right. So uh, we'll see. We'll see if we uh, ever get the answer to this definitively. The problem is all these people are too big time. Them, they're on Twitter, and and we're never going to get any answers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but anyway, this is a good question. You raise a good question. Is the Mexico Argentina thing a a diversion? Like, uh, is it is it him just making an excuse? Stupid Larry's not going to question. Obviously, Larry's not going to know the difference between CONCACAF and Comnable, uh World Cup qualifying. So well, I never right, thought it was a fake thing. But uh, I mean, to me, this is like Banya, you know, not ordering the soup or not yeah. ordering the, the swordfish. No, it's fish. a great theory. It's a really good theory. You know, he wants to he well, he still wants the favor. I'm still reeling that you accused me of. Uh, um. Retweeting. <laughs> I had my uh, most popular tweet ever this week, and was it was it? sadly not popular. Yeah, what was it? Uh, it? First of all, do you want to guess how many retweets and likes my most popular tweet ever got? Uh, so, wait, so what are you saying that, that you tweeted something and, and the bar was so low, this was your new most viral my tweet? My new number one. The bar is so low. Yeah. Um, how, what am I guessing? Like a total combined? Is it like, uh, yeah, you know, give, hockey give combined, points of like, yeah, uh, give me like com- two, yes, it's hockey two points, points for a retweet and no, one point no, for no. a favorite? Yes, two points for retweet, one point for a like, yeah. I feel That's like that good. retweet should be like five points. Retweet should be five points, but, I, you know, that, let's say three to one. Three to one. Okay. That's right. I, I like this uh, Twitter metric. Yeah. And and then, by the way, everyone should do this. Tweet yeah. us, tweet us your uh, most popular tweet of all time when you, yes. you listen to this podcast. And, and then we and do you know like, what fan your most popular tweet? Yes. Oh, it was about Raven, right? <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> uh, every, everything I've ever done that's popular is about is about Raven. Uh, okay. But uh, yeah, so uh, yeah, t- uh, and then we get like tweets above replacement of like uh, you know how yeah. many like what is your average tweet? I guess the average tweet gets what like one favorite. Well, I think it has to be uh, I think it has to be retweets and favorites commensurate with how many followers you have. 
Mm-hmm. Okay, you know what so I mean? There's some, get Chester on this. We'll figure yeah, out. Yeah, we have to get Chester on this, but I do like, maybe for next week, he could give like everyone's sort of most popular tweet. So do okay. you want to throw a, a guess out there? Yeah, so total combined score of three points for retweets and one point for favorite. I'll say it was uh, 27. 27 favorite? Wow, you have a very low opinion of me. <laughs> well, you said it was such a low bar. <laughs> yeah, but it's not that low. Okay. I got, uh, no, it's uh, the, the, the total points is uh, 235. It was 24 retweets, 163 likes. Oh, okay. Well, that's pretty good. What was it? I was, uh, you might be good at your job, but you aren't Blake Shelton's publicist good at your job. Okay. <laughs> uh, why? Because he was People Magazine's sexiest yeah, people, man Yeah, he's like, the everyone year. thinks he sucks, but he was People Magazine. And clearly that's just like some PR person saying like, you know, I'll let you do an interview with my more famous client if you name Blake Shelton the, you know, save the last year Julia Roberts got it, who, you know, there, right. there isn't one, you know, she's, I'm sure she's a beautiful lady, but, you know, probably not number one if there was a vote. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, so there there you go. And, and now, now, can you uh, help me? See, you're good at Twitter. I'm I don't okay. tweet that much. I don't have a lot of followers. Can you help me, like, craft a tweet that's more popular than that? Uh, it's hard to do it intentionally. Sometimes it's I just know. like the... Right, and that was a throw off. If you had told me that got zero retweets, zero likes, I would have been like, yeah, that makes sense. Well, that doesn't relate to anybody. Right. Right. Um, yeah, so, uh, yeah, I think that my, uh, all time best tweet, uh, I don't have to get the, I have to like, uh, put it through the spreadsheet to figure it out. (laughs) Oh, Chester's going to make one. Don't, don't you, uh, and Chester, Chester's, uh, I know his most popular tweet because he told me is, um, when he, when he gave a Game of Thrones uh, character to every NFL team. Yeah. Uh, so I think that my all-time highest uh, tweet here, according to this new metric, I think I have a, a tweet that was uh, scored a uh, 7,758. Oh, boy. Yeah. I don't know how I'm going to get there without, like, uh, you know, murdering somebody. Yeah. Um, so that was... And what uh, was the tweet? Can you read it? Uh, don't forget that September is hashtag rough kneecap syndrome awareness month. Hashtag right, BB19. That's funny. Now, your last tweet only mm-hmm. got it only got eight points total. <laughs> yeah, what was it? <laughs> it was is this Tracy Ullman show on HBO <laughs> a new Tracy Ullman show, or is this some past version of a Tracy Ullman show that is airing for some reason? Yes. First of all, the word "some" appears too many times. I, I'm uh, so you ban ratio. You know the uh, ratio, off, right? Is, uh, t- tell me this and, and be honest. Yes. Don't be like PC or, or anything like this. I'm not going to be PC. Is, I've is, never. Have I, am I PC? So I mean, that you 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 know the what what to say and what not to say. Yes. Uh, yeah, Keeve. Yeah, is has there ever been a funny version of the Tracy Ullman show? No, no. <laughs> who is clamoring for? This? Who is this for? The Tracy. But Ullman is show? it a new How show? Because the only way <laughs> I know about it is via your your widely well, I, publicized I, tweet. I, I I I'm under the impression there is a current. Tracy Ullman sketch comedy show on HBO. Yeah, I see. They haven't done like that. They it must comes not on have, after Curb. That's wild. They must, you know, I mean, they had Vice Principals, which I'm, I guess must have ended. Um, I'm not up to date on it. Because um, uh, I that, was flipping through HBO and I was like, Tracy, hmm. like, why are they showing old 
Tracy Ullman, and good for Tracy Ullman, she doesn't age, and you never see Tracy Ullman as herself, so nobody has any idea what Tracy Ullman currently looks like, right. 2017, and I'm sure there's some, like, diehard Tracy Ullman fan that's like, hey, you know what, Rob, F you, you're not funny, your best tweet wasn't even funny, you're terrible, Tracy Ullman is a, is a goddess, that, that's, that's fine, that's fine, but I, I mean, I remember in 1989 saying, okay, when can we just get Get to the Simpsons, and, that, and I believe that uh, if if the Simpsons were never on like the the Tracy Ullman show, Tracy Ullman wouldn't even have a career now. No, nobody would have ever heard of it. No millennials know who Tracy Ullman is. It appears that she has an unverified three thousand follower Twitter account. Although, it, since it's unverified, it very <laughs> and, and much. I'm sure. Well I, look, I, and and perhaps that in the to British audiences, she is you know the greatest female comedian there ever there ever was. But I, I've never met anybody in the United States that's like, oh my god, you know who's the best? Tracy Ullman. Love Tracy Ullman. Never miss an episode of the Tracy Ullman. I've never met a Tracy Ullman fan. No, I, not even a hater. I would settle for a hater. I just indifference. Like I, I don't know. Does she have incriminating pictures of somebody at HBO? How oh, man. is it now? Is this a British show that they're just bringing to? It might like, be. Uh, it might be. And is that? Uh, that's is my it a guess. Sad, they just like they maybe have. You yeah, don't want to right. uh, launch a new comedy show like the week before Thanksgiving. I'm sure they got something planned for January in the old like girl slot. They had vice principals that ended after eight episodes. This is probably just like we need to fill the slot. Let's pay someone a couple hundred grand to bring. Yeah, the show and over. so because I had tweeted this out about like, is it, can anybody explain to me what's mm. going on here? And nobody could. A, no, None nobody of the could. People who liked somebody it. <laughs> said that there was that this was a version that was uh, that there was a British show, and then that we're we're just getting it now, and that she has a current British show that's dealing with like British politics and stuff like that. But it's like. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't have a lot of Tracy Ullman takes, but yeah, I and guess it's like, like they're ultimately- all called Tracy Ullman show. It's like there's no way. Am I watching something from current or something from 2002? Right. No, I mean, listen, I don't and even watching, like I, I mean, like catching the last five seconds on my DVR. This is the most anybody's talked about Tracy Ullman <laughs> since the 80s. This is good press for Tracy Ullman. And we're gonna get killed. Uh, there's gonna be some no, like the, well, Tracy Ullman commenters. Like, no, the Ullman stands are not Tracy coming Ullman after Stan. us. Tracy Ullman we're yeah, coming I don't for think you. So. F you. First of all, they're probably untalented. British and they're too polite. They're not gonna come after. I, I don't. I just don't get it. Uh, yeah, if you are out there and you could explain the popularity or the reason why she has a show on TV now, let us know. Like, what is the the uh, the ult- the most popular Tracy Ullman uh, bit sketch character? Anything. anything. Yeah, no, I, I don't know. I don't know anything about her, really, other than that she birthed The Simpsons, which I guess is, like, enough to, you know, sort of, like, yeah, give her okay. a lifetime achievement. All right, well, before, the, you know, they play this, like, on the uh, Tracy Ullman subreddit, and then we get, uh, uh, you know, just destroyed on social media after yeah, this. Yeah, I, I can't imagine the Tracy Ullman subreddit is hopping, but, uh, you know, as you keep going, let's go back to Curb, and I'll, I'll check if it okay. even exists. <laughs> All right. Uh, then uh, we see, okay, so the bottle of champagne came. So you think the bottle of champagne cost uh, $250, or was it $500, and that was split two ways? No, two, it's a $250 bottle, and Larry paid for it. Okay. And, and they left the meal, so Larry paid for the whole meal. Funkhauser wants to live it up. Yeah, and Larry, of course, does not. We should have said at the beginning of the episode, you should have said, here are two guys that like to live it down, because we are both people who do yeah. like to live it down, every, you know, every bit as much as LD does. 
Yeah. Uh, should HBO have given uh, Bill Simmons a new show instead of uh, bringing Tracy Ullman <laughs> That's back? That's pretty good. Like, what would have done better? Bill Simmons. <laughs> I mean, they're paying Simmons. They should, like, these contracts are ironclad. They should make Simmons, like, be, like, uh, you know, a gaffer on the Tracy Ullman show just for, like, the $7 million a year they're paying him. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so uh, Larry is online for the omelet, and uh, there's a man who goes up there with a plate to cut the line. Larry vigorously defends this man who uh, is really just getting like booed out of the building, and uh, he just wants to get some potatoes. Larry says, in this country, we don't wait for seconds. Keith, is this a thing? I, I don't think that the line, you would have been able to sway the line goers. But I, I, I do get it. Like, if you just want one thing, I mean, we have this in other places in life, right? Like, there's a really long line. But what if you just have a question? What if you wanted to like you want to shout out to the gate agent? Even it's like, hey, am I on the right line? Or, you know, like, uh, hey, you forgot to uh, give me a tag for my bag. I'm getting or on the plane. I, like, I'm just picking up. And like, other people are like putting in like an order at like a, right. like a fast food place. Right. So, I, you know, I, I don't know because it's the most frustrating thing in the world. It's like, oh, I'm going to be here for 20 minutes for a two second question. And am I like a jackass for not saying anything? Or if I say something, is everyone going to like give me a look? Mm-hmm. So like Larry's a hero here. This is sort of the opposite. Normally, Larry would be the caller outer of the person skipping the line so here he's really you know uh like having a face turn and uh and and like helping out this guy yeah and so larry really ends up uh going to the mat for him now in my experience with the breakfast buffet and i'm a big omelet guy at the breakfast buffet i think that you know that's the move of course uh you know you have some sort of continental breakfast but then also you can get the uh eggs to order that's the move but I've never found it where the omelet line is the like there's like an omelet line and then there's a line for everything else. I've never seen it where the omelet line is part of the entire line. Like what if you're not getting an omelet? You have to wait behind all the omelet people and wait for their omelets to be finished before you the, can just go up and get these like bacon that's uh, in the tray. I've I've been at my share of lunch or slash brunch buffets and the omelet station needs to be a separate line because it takes too long. And in most places it is like, it's crazy that it's not because everything else, there almost aren't lines. Like if it's a place where it's like, there's a pasta here and a potato dish there. It's almost like, first of all, it's usually separate tables. It's not this type of line usually. Mm -hmm. Right. It's normally more stations where you could go there. And maybe if it's a really crowded restaurant, they'll have a line, but like the omelet station needs to be separate because those people are waiting five, 10 minutes. Right. I've never seen it combined. Yeah. I mean, are you a big brunch? Do you ever go to all you could eat brunch like this? Uh, I don't go to a lot of brunches. Um, you know, I'm, uh, it's more likely to, you know, um, be that uh, like I'll be at a more of a breakfast than a brunch. Why? Because you're an early morning guy. Yeah, I feel like but what about what's your opinion on the all you could eat? Are you a big all you can eat guy? Mm, I think it depends on for what. I feel like the all-you-can-eat breakfast is overrated. I'd rather have a made-to-order breakfast. Yeah, we keep going to the same place. Anytime my parents come to town, they take us to a place, and the kids don't even eat, like, one cent worth of food. Then they then they do this thing the last time where it's they get the all-you-can-eat plate. They say, ah, there's nothing I can have. Then they, like, because they've been at the restaurant when it's not all-you-can-eat, they, like, ask for a menu, and then they try start they start trying to order when they've already spent all this money on the all-you-can-eat that we wasted. Mm-hmm. And they're like, and then they start hysterical crying, I want a pizza, I want, you know, like, and and then it, it's just a debacle. So, I, to me, I think we got to cut the kids off the all-you-can-eat. 
Yeah. I mean, I think it would have to be the the right thing, but I feel like that nothing is really great at the all you can eat. I know you no, if, you're, it, you're, if you're there's anything big, good, they put it behind the paywall, you know. Right. You if you're a big uh quantity over quality guy when it comes to food. I am, and I still don't love a lot of these all you could eats because like you said, it's it's a lot of like junky salads that I don't want. It's like their worst pasta dish on the menu that they can't get rid of. It's never something that you're like killing stuff for. Now, if they include soup, I will fill up on the soup and I'll love it. <laughs> yeah. It also like bums me out. I'm like, boy, they're going to waste a lot of food. They're going to have to throw a lot of this food out. Yeah. They, they, I want like, do they feed the workers after? Like, do they give it away to the homeless? Like, I, I, you know, I, it's you, a good question. The homeless would be lined up uh, for blocks if they were giving away all the all you can eat homeless buffet. Well, why not? I mean, like, why, why not, you know, bring it to a soup kitchen nearby afterwards? Like, there's no reason to throw this in the garbage. This is too, too much. This yeah, too much. I, 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 like, I don't think they're throwing out the food. I, I, at least I hope not. I don't know, you ever been to one of these buffets in Vegas? Where's it all going? Yeah, the Vegas buffets, they must have deals with, like, local soup kitchens or homeless shelters or something. I don't know. I hope we do. Do we have a homeless correspondent that listens that would know? I, I mean, I, I'm not sure if we have a homeless correspondent. But I, I, you know, I, I like if if you maybe run a restaurant, let us know if you yes. like have a, have a method to, you know, to uh, get rid of your, uh, you know, like excess food. And if you don't start thinking of one because it's the right thing to do. OK. All right, Keith. So uh, we see then that uh, Funkhauser's uh, date, uh, Marilyn, she starts putting a ton of ketchup on her food does she is she doing it to spite larry once larry uh notices it does she overdo it or does she really love ketchup that much well she really loves ketchup she does give the extra squirt because um because larry says something right right and then she gets ketchup on her shirt is she so embarrassed by that larry told her not to do it she did it anyway she gets the ketchup on her shirt and that's why she has to leave or is it that she was just embarrassed one way or another i think it's both i think it's like i'm mad and now i'm embarrassed so now i have to leave now i have to leave now larry says uh with bridget right after uh or bridget says uh, that was a disgusting display is she talking about larry mentioning the ketchup or about marilyn putting the ketchup on the potatoes i think larry yeah so is, maybe is a little she, bit of both but mostly larry she's, she's turning on larry, larry. Uh, for a second here yes okay all right so larry ends up talking with the guy does this guy have a name no, he's never named in the episode. Okay. And so uh, that Larry ends up talking with that guy and uh, that he saw Larry, he tells Larry, and I, as a devout Muslim, I was thinking I should kill this man, but that uh, he decided not to. And then Larry defended him and now he needs to reopen the whole case. Yeah, I, he's going to. Yeah, I, this guy, like all of a sudden, be, basically becomes Larry's lawyer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he's going to look into and investigate everything. Okay. So Larry is coming home uh, from his day with Bridget. They spent 10 hours together. It was great. And so Larry's going to talk to the uh, Pemberton people about Eddie. And so Bridget talks about uh, she could be open to some gratitude sex. And again, Larry says that gratitude sex uh, is the best. Now, Keeve, we already mm. updated our sex power rankings yes. uh, back in the mm. season premiere where we talked about uh, fatwa sex and conjugal visit sex and makeup sex. Now we have to add gratitude sex to the list. 
Well, how does Larry know? Because he says openly he's never had it, which also seems very dubious considering Let how me long tell he's married you, for. Gratitude sex is should be the bottom of the list. That's interesting that you say that. Why? Why do you say that? First of all, you know, he never bought Cheryl like a nice bracelet and like and she repaid him like that seems unlikely, right? Gratitude sex is the worst because unlike these other types of sex that we're talking about, conjugal visit sex, makeup sex, there's like some urgency. There's some emotion that's uh, tapped to it that gratitude. Oh, there might be kissing involved even. That would be bad. Gratitude sex is like, eh. I really wouldn't be having sex with you, but I owe you one. So here's sex. It's one sided. Like put that all the way at the bottom of the power rank. Yeah, it's a good you're making a good case. I would have thought that maybe you went high with it, but you're actually selling me on this. Yeah. And again, no one's ever been grateful to me for anything just like Larry. So I I like I, I don't even speak from from experience, but I trust you here. Right. It's like, are you just going through the motions here? This feels I like... That's, that I, yeah, I, I, this is a good take, honestly. Thank you. Thank you. Does that make up for last week on the... Well, you're mad at me. I don't know if it makes up for it. Was that, that Did I give you a gratitude compliment? I think I might and Maybe. It's like a makeup call? <laughs> yeah, I'm giving you a makeup call from last week because I was, you know, too confident in how right I was. <laughs> All right. So, uh, Eddie is awake and he's playing the guitar. Uh, I like Eddie says, I've never seen an old man with sneakers before. Yeah, Eddie's pretty. Eddie could really dish it. He's really good at uh, ragging on Larry. You know, it's I, I, I've never been in the situation, but like the the like the being a young kid and your mom brings on boyfriends, but you're like old enough to sort of know what's going on. That's an mm-hmm. awkward situation, probably for for like a, for a young son. No, it's awkward. I think it's awkward. And so, and he's already a troubled kid already, Eddie. And so that uh, Bridget tells Larry, if you can get him to go to bed, the offer still stands. Larry goes upstairs and says to the kid, hey, you little prick, you're going to sleep and I'm going to have sex with your mother. Yeah. I mean, he basically chokes him. He gets into his bed. It's pretty wild. This is a wild scene. I was thinking. So now I was going to like I literally thought podcast wise when this is happening. So Larry's walking up the stairs. Pretend you're in this scenario. Okay. Yeah, you you have the chance at some gratitude sex. How how are you going to persuade this kid to go to sleep? Hmm. Well, What's your I, move here? I would do like I do with my real kids and just like uh, beg and bribe. I think it's a bribe. I think you start with like, hey, do you want to go to Disneyland tomorrow? Do you want to go to Six Flags wherever? Right. Uh, and then and then eventually, like you just literally hand them money. Yeah, I think if I'm Larry David, I'm saying like, look, kid. Uh, I know you're not crazy about me being here. Here's five hundred dollars. Okay. Yeah, that's <laughs> the number I had in my head too. Five hundred. Now, right. and again, this what is, is like, what does it matter to Larry David? Uh, that, uh, Doesn't matter, right? He could go to five thousand without breaking a sweat. Right here, and again, like it's never happened with Bridget. Maybe if it doesn't happen now, it never will. To me, this seems like you know the kid could have named his price. Right. He could have literally and, you know, asked for a blank check. Right. And, and maybe the kid is like saying to like a oh boy, I really like that Larry David, uh, as opposed to like, uh, you know, tr- you know, throwing you under the bus every five seconds. Yeah. And what if you come over like this is how you win over the stepson? I mean, short term, I'm sure long term, this is a disaster. You just look, can the money for like stuff. You just buy him a present every time you come over. You could right. win him over. He's a dumb right. boy. He's a he's a, like, uh, you know, not he's not I'm not saying he's dumb, but he's just like a boy who's young and right. And like, uh, you know, a, a like a, appearing to be an only child. Like, I'm sure he's just looking for something and uh, get by him a present and you probably win over his affection. So, Keith, did this work? Yeah, I, I you, we, we have to be led to believe that this worked. OK. All right. So good for Larry. 
Gratitude. I mean, it's a good uh, a good lesson. Choke your girlfriend's son and you can get onto his bed, choke him and then you can sleep with the mom. Okay, so Funkhauser comes in. He wants to apologize about leaving early. Larry says, I don't care that you left early. Uh, I care that you stuck me with the bill for a $250 bottle of champagne. Yeah, he wants the money, not the apology. Right. And so you don't even, what are you apologizing for? You don't even come to me with an offer. And I like that, that Larry's on Funkhauser. You said live it up. I say live it down. I would never say live it up. Right. No, I live it down. I love that line. Okay, so Funkhauser goes to the bathroom. Caesar comes in, and so he wants to know: Can he bring his family to Larry's Country Club? They want to go swimming. Yeah, I mean, I, I I like your theory of like he keeps trying to raise the stakes. Like maybe maybe like if he had gone to Larry's pool when Larry wasn't there or something, he would have been like, oh, no, we didn't get to go in, so now you owe me a third favor. Well, the soccer uh, game was important because the soccer game was when he converted the tip from or owing money or not or not accepting the money to a favor, and now he's raising the favor. But the, the, the soccer thing was important to convert it from like a financial amount to now you owe me one you're right so he said that was the actual flipping the tip and yes. now now we're raising the tip yes we're we're going for a double tip right caesar wants to bring them to the country club he says no we can't go there uh they're racist they won't have you there uh and caesar says oh, you belong to a racist country club he says no they're all racist they all are <laughs> Pretty funny. <laughs> no, but what is the reason why Larry can't have Caesar at his pool? Uh, because the heating issue from last week. The pool wasn't. Uh, it's a nice little throwback to last callback to last week. But the issue is that the, Caesar, little Caesar, can't swim in Larry's pool because it's not heated. I mean, listen. I, I, to me, if it's a freezing pool, we don't know what time of year this is. It could be the winter. It's not so crazy. I mean, uh, I look. I think you want to go in a pool. Here, here, I have a pool. Don't complain to me about it. it's not heated enough. Yeah, I, I mean, I hear what you I hear what you're saying, but uh, I, to me, like Larry says, it's not it's not a uh, little Caesar or big Caesar is holding out for a big favor. Mm-hmm. So like the, the cold pool might not be a big uh, winner for his wife. OK, so Funkhauser uh, comes back. OK, so okay, you owe me one. Can little Caesar come and swim at uh, your pool? On Saturday, Funkhauser is not really into it. He eventually gives in. I like that they say, "What time is good for you?" Uh, Caesar wants to come at eight a.m. <laughs> uh, yeah, Saturday morning <laughs> early swim seems insane. Yeah, I feel like it's they're, they're there for the whole day. Yeah, that's why he's asking for. I don't eight. feel like that's they're, like they're coming in early to do. Laps. They're bringing lunch, no question. Yeah, right. Okay. All right, so uh, now we see the Fatwa guy. He is now on the trail, and he's talking to all these different people that we've seen from the past about Larry David, and he's coming away with a really uh, glowing report about Larry David. Um, yeah, how is it glowing? Well, he's coming away with like uh, really some uh, nice takeaways about Larry, starting well, with... Well, so the people are trying to insult him. He's just sort of seeing the positive in all of them, right? All these people had negative, other than Crazy Eyes Killer, they all had negative encounters with Larry, right? Taking him one by one. The prostitute is sort of like annoyed because maybe he didn't use her services in the carpool lane, right? Mm-hmm. Well, she's annoyed by that? She's not got annoyed, paid. but she's like, you know, he could have had all this. Like, she's she's not a Larry fan. She thinks he's a creep for just using her to, you know, get a, uh, yeah, you know, uh, uh, like a, get in a better lane to get to the Dodgers game mm-hmm. quicker. Yeah. 
Uh, the son from the Kamikaze Bingo episode hates Larry because he insulted his dad, said he's not a real Kamikaze pilot because he lived. Uh, Denise Handicapped hates Larry, right? Mm-hmm. And, and uh, you know, he's he the the unnamed, I think, is Ken Watanabe is the actor. Yes. Um, but we don't know his name. He's listed as Yoshi, I think. But I, that's, so, you know, very specifically not named in the episode. Um, uh, you know, he's just seeing all the good in this, right? Like uh, with Denise Handicapped, it's like, wow, he dated multiple women who, you know, who are handicapped. He must be a good person. Mm-hmm. Uh, the nurse played by Mo Collins from yes. the ski lift episode. One of two people from the ski lift episode here uh, sort of just like fesses up to uh, the age old debate that she had with Jeff. Um, and, and, you know, that she may have smuggled things. <laughs> right. Uh, you know. <laughs> um, and then uh, Crazy Eye Killers is... Mickey Mantle signed yeah. baseball. Right. I thought it was a phone. Um, Crazy Eye's killer is pro-Larry, right? That's He's his Caucasian. Yes. Uh, he, he liked, because Larry helped him, at, like, in the backyard with a, uh, with, a, with a song lyric. So Crazy Eye's killer, who we have not seen. Some of these people, like, we've seen multiple times. Like the like Rachel from the Ski Lift, where you're going to see next. But Crazy Eye's killer had, has a classic episode in season two, 15 years ago. And now he first repl- reprised his role in this episode. In this, that was you know, that right long now. ago? Crazy Eyes Killer yeah, is 15 years two? ago. Season two, 2001 or 2002, I think. Wow. Uh, have, have not seen him since. You'd think he's the type of guy who would be recurring. And then Rachel, the Orthodox Jewish lady from the ski lift, uh, who's in a couple episodes. Um, so, yeah, she uh, explains Larry's thing. And this is really funny. And did you catch this? Did you catch what was like super funny about it? Uh, well, tell me what it was and I'll tell you if I caught it. So she says, you know, Larry wasn't respectful of, of my rules that we couldn't be together once it was dark. You know, the Mike Pence sort of rules. Right. right. And uh, and so I jumped off, she says, and uh, off the ski lift and she broke her her foot. Uh, and and so what with what the Muslim guy gets out of this is that Larry's not interested in Orthodox Judaism and marks it as like a massive positive. Yeah. yeah. It's really funny. <laughs> he does, he refused to follow the tenets of Jewish Orthodoxy. He writes that in his book. Yeah, it was it was very funny. It's a point um, in his favor. And then. Yeah, like a really clever line. Mm-hmm. I would, you know, he wouldn't have thought of that. And then finally, we get the big sort of uh, piece, like the, the, the sort of the big celebrity piece of of uh, this like big montage with Michael J. Fox, which uh, you know was many years ago, but was only uh, it was the last episode before before the season, right? right? It was the season finale of of the past of the most recent season. And we find out that Michael J. Fox did clomp on purpose and he did. Clomped. Embellish shaking the soda, and so I do he feel like the soda, he there's some revisionist history where we have to say that you know Larry did have a case against Michael J. Fox. Michael J. Fox was kind of a bad guy here. Yeah, I mean, listen, Larry's right a lot. He doesn't always go about it in the right way, but like, yeah, Michael J. Fox uh, didn't get a great edit in the season finale of season eight, and I think uh, it came true here. I, you know, I but it is funny we're like litigating things from six years ago. But I, having seen that episode recently, and I believe you watched it also pretty recently. Uh, it was funny to see Michael J. Fox just go over like scene by scene from an episode from last year. What happened? Yeah. So, Keith, the interesting thing here is that we get sort of like this bizarro Seinfeld finale where, yes. you know, in the Seinfeld finale, we bring forward all these people to sort of like expose what, you know, bad people the core four are. But now we're revisiting all these characters from the past on Curb Your Enthusiasm, which in a lot of ways are illustrating that, you know, specifically here with Michael J. Fox that Larry was not a bad guy. 
And as we'll also right. find out with like this the, is like the bad Samaritan law, right? The, the trick or treating, where it's like uh, all these things that Larry did, which were sort of like uh, perceived as bad behavior. You know, Larry had you know very good reasons for doing all the things that he did. So some people were puzzled by this. Again, it's it's the eighth episode of a season, and any season of Kerber at this point obviously could be the season, the series finale. Uh, there's certainly reason to believe that maybe Larry w- would want to do another one. People thought it was out of place. Alan Septenwall thought it was strange to sort of, uh, you know, have a rehash of of a famously derided Seinfeld episode and not even be the season finale, right? That would be something clever for this to be the season finale. Just in the middle of an episode. And we've done this, right? We saw the Palestinian chicken lady a bunch of episodes ago. That's just like calling back a classic mm-hmm. episode. So it's weird that they're doing this, but they are in guest star mode, right? They've tried to have a bunch of celebrities. Uh I liked it. I thought it was I thought it was really funny. I don't want to, like, lose a lot of sleep over the fact they're bringing these people back for a random episode. Uh, I I thought it was really funny. It doesn't bother me that it was so similar to the uh, for finale because this is just a few minutes in a a 33 minute episode. If we complain about this, this is why we can't have nice things. I agree. I agree. I, I people are not most people aren't complaining, but the seven walls of the world may be nitpicking a little too much on this season. No, Alan needs to lighten up on this. He's been anti-curb the whole season. Yeah. Look, there's a lot of things that he gets right, but... I, no, I listen, I follow him. He's, he's the best television critic out there. But, I, you know, he's... Uh, he maybe, maybe, like... Maybe, and we've been hard on the season, too. You know, people have been hard on us for being hard on the season. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I think this is, uh, this, is a good, this is a good montage. Big scene here. Okay. We see Larry at Pemberton, and he is talking with everybody over there, and they want to auction Seinfeld memorabilia. Um, Now, uh, what do you think about Larry when he switches sides of the couch to talk to the woman uh, so she doesn't feel ignored in the meeting? Is Larry doing a solid here, or is he being patronizing? I think he's being patronizing. I wonder if that was improv. I'm I'm curious if that was, like, scripted. She doesn't seem to take offense. No, they're not offended. They, they, it's funny. They have very stoic reactions most of the uh, scene. I don't love the the way the two actor, the two sort of uh, interviewers sort of like they don't really there's not really much for them to do in this scene. But uh, Larry's funny. Mm-hmm. And so we end up seeing them talking with Larry and they're very concerned about whether or not Larry and the mom of this child are going to stay together. Why do they care? Yeah, it's very unclear. They did a bad job of explaining this, right? Is is it that they want sort of Larry David to become a parent of the student body and they want to use that? Do they want him to have a relationship with the school where he'll give them more free stuff to auction off? They can make money. Are they expecting donations from Larry? Like, because I guess the idea is once Larry breaks up with this woman, now they just have a single mom's kid and no celebrity, right? That that must be it, right? That they want to know, are you going to be in the picture? Can we, for money, can we hit you up to maybe like, oh yeah, be the MC at the school dinner or auction or whatever they do to make money, you know? that that That's my guess. Yeah. So th- that's unclear. Uh, Larry takes a phone call in the middle of this, and uh, it is from Funkhauser. Why he takes a Funkhauser phone call in the middle of this important meeting, uh, that we don't understand. But Funkhauser's going to Catalina. What, what happened here? Did Funkhauser forget he had plans? Did he make plans? to get? Did Marilyn put the kibosh on Caesar? I think Marilyn over? put the kibosh. I think it's a kibosh situation here. Or And, and again, she, he probably said... Just FYI, uh, this random family is coming over, 
And she said, uh, what if we go to Catalina and say that they can't come? This is one of these like sort of passive aggressive moves, yeah. right? Where, where it's like, oh, oops, we can't do it now because I scheduled something else in its place. Yeah. The kibosh is is tough because, you know, there'll be sometimes where, you know, uh, that my lo- lovely wife will put the kibosh on something. And then it's my job to sort of like explain away the kibosh. Like I'm doing very little kiboshing over here. Uh, yes, we're pro. This is a pro kibosh podcast. No questions. We're asked. pro kibosh. I mean, we like talking about kibosh. We like I mean. to talk about the kibosh, <laughs> but I feel like I get put in an awkward situation of like, that's it, kibosh. You figure it out. Like, ah, uh, okay. Uh, yeah. Boy, I I like a few things in the scene. Also, where like I like hearing Larry's explanation of like what his sort of ideal situation for the relationship with Bridget will be that they like hopefully they'll be together nine months mm-hmm. after that they'll still be together but you know miserable. it won't be like a it'll be she'll miserable and before that she'll sleep in the guest well, that's ideal that's like step one is she'll move into the guest room because it doesn't look sharing a bed which we've both you know we've been podcasting for for many years at this point we've uh, we have you know both been on the record that we don't like sharing beds right um, that it's not my favorite thing in the world, but I'm not yeah. ready to get a uh, a separate. No, bed. I don't say that we have se- separate rooms or anything, but we're not we're not big bed sharers. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I, I like the idea that if she gets sick, he's like obviously out. Yeah. Like, I'm not a weirdo who goes to visit people in the hospital. <laughs> yeah, I like that. <laughs> and then and then he winds up the whole thing. This wonderful interview with uh, you know, can Cesar's family use the pool? Right, right. Okay, uh, he flipped the tip. Yeah, he did flip the tip. Okay. Or he asked for a double tip. Yeah. So we get back to the restaurant and uh, we find out Bridget is not happy that Eddie did not get into Pemberton. Right. And it had nothing to do with the bad interview. It had everything to do with the uh, with the Caesar and Caesar Jr. messing up the pool. Right. No, I really that uh, if I had like uh, one nitpick uh, that the uh, Caesar and his family befouling the pool uh, that I, I didn't like this. You don't like that that ruined it. You don't like that they did it. What's what, what's your issue here? I, I just I don't know what the joke is here. Right. I agree. I agree. It's like, could we have found a better way? Like maybe you, you know, you, you said you were going to break up with me and that's why they didn't take Eddie. They weren't confident in our relationship. And then she's really mad. Right. Mm-hmm. That might be a better bet. So right. Maybe that's where they should have gone. Right, or even if it was why like, blame poor Caesar. They, yeah, he just wanted well, to have his poor kids. Caesar. He's being a good dad. He wants his kids to swim in the pool. Right. I, I just I'm not sure what the message is here of in terms of like uh, if you let Caesar and his family uh, near your stuff, they're going to ruin it. Yeah, no, it's, it's this is a very anti-Caesar uh, episode. I'm not happy. <laughs> right. I mean, anything like they met the kid uh, that, you know, that uh, he could say that, uh, oh, you told me they knew about him or that it was going to be fine. Um, but for whatever reason, or he blew it in the interview. But then to have Caesar be the person that blew it, uh, you know. I didn't really uh, think that was the the right way to go. A minor thing. But anyway, so Bridget is upset uh, that she is going to end up leaving uh, once we see Funkhauser uh, show up. And then Larry can stick Funkhauser with the champagne bill. Yeah, I do. I like the the sticking him with the bill to make up for screwing him over twice in this yeah. episode. That's good. That's good. Because uh, Funkhauser was, uh, you know, uh, double yeah, double screwed Larry this episode. So Larry has to get in the car to go see. What did you say? The clerics. Uh, the Muftis. The Muftis. Okay. And so Larry gets brought in front of the tribunal. 
Mm-hmm. And, Which is allegedly the name of the episode, but right. we're not sure. And we see uh, Larry's advocate really saying that, okay, people perceive me as a cutter. This man rose to my defense. He was forceful. He was passionate. And he they want to reopen the case. Yes. Uh, I, the, you know, we don't know what the, like, is this like just in L.A.? He sort of gets put in the car and we don't know don't how far it is. I, yeah. No, I don't think they're in a plane. So this must be somewhere in Southern California. Yeah, somewhere. And so they're explaining everything and they talk about how, um, what about the people that he gave the Halloween candy to? I mean, where did they get this research from besides the Curb Enthusiasm box set? Where, well, where I, I think they, you know, there's uh, that, you know, they probably he said I, he, Larry literally says to the unnamed guy in the earlier scene, like, my door is open to you. ask me anything. So they probably said, like, give me the numbers of people you've had interesting interactions with. We're going to contact them. OK, because La- Larry does say they maybe they cut the scene or whatever. But Larry does say, like, I will get, you know, anyone you want to talk to, I will give you their info, basically. OK. And so um, we see that uh, some snacks are getting uh, brought in for all the Mufti's. We see also that uh, Larry, yes, he would have sex with anyone. He even had sex with a Palestinian woman twice. Yeah. And they're very impressed by this. They're very impressed. Uh, So they're going to contact the Ayatollah. But Larry can't leave well enough alone. He wants to know what about Fatwa the musical? Yeah, and you're so nervous here for Larry. It's like, no, because you expect them to kick him out and for the Fatwa to be back on at the end of this right. episode, right? Yes. Uh, instead, they tell him that if you can get Lin-Manuel Miranda to be in it, they will be okay with Fatwa the musical. Doesn't make any sense, right? It's like, oh, the most popular Broadway guy to like bring more, uh, you sort of like to, to like go even further anti Ayatollah. That makes no sense. Mm-hmm. Right. It wasn't like they were mad at Larry about how, you know, Oh, you were going to cast Fatwa and have Tom Arnold as the lead, and <laughs> and that's why they were uh, offended it. by that. Like, how could you cast yeah. Fatwa the musical? With, yeah, uh, without Lin Manuel Miranda. Yes. Now, are we led to believe by this? I did not watch next week on Curb that we will. I, I you have to guess right that we're going to see LMM. Yes. as I just named him next week or, or in the finale. Yes, uh, I believe, you know, uh, bet your bottom dollar. Yeah, once you're mentioning him, especially in a season full of guest stars, you'd assume. And now we don't see her again in this episode. Do you think that Lauren Graham's coming back for another episode yes. or is this done? No, I think you she's do. back. Okay. I think I think she's back for the rest of the way. Uh, yeah. And then uh, finally, the Muftis uh, end up fighting over uh, the ketchup. Yeah, but Larry doesn't really take a side here. You're like thinking, oh, is he going to screw it up here? But he does not. Yeah, I mean, do you feel like that they should have, you know, uh, had some sort of a callback? Should Larry have said something here? I mean, it just seems like Maybe. we're just seeing people have a similar argument that Larry had earlier in the episode. I think it's pretty similar. They're just like tying stuff together, kind of. Uh, but yeah, no, he's he, you know. I think there. My my prediction is next week. Uh, and again, like you said, the fight was the is the title of the season finale. This fight was going to be back on next week, having something to do with Lin Manuel Miranda and uh, whatever happens. Okay, maybe I, goes on another Kimmel again or some other talk show and says something stupid. Okay, uh, and then finally we end up seeing uh, Larry get dropped back off at brunch. He tries to uh, tip the driver. The driver will not t- accept the tip. Uh, uh, but Larry is forcing uh, the tip on the driver because uh, he won't let anybody flip the tip on him. Can't flip the tip on Larry again. Yeah. That's not going to happen. By the way, speaking of uh, of Larry David and Kimmel, did you watch uh, Larry David reading the uh, mean Jimmy Kimmel tweets this week? 
Yeah, it was very funny because you don't normally, you know, we didn't discuss it a lot last week, but there's a great scene. There's a great moment in last week's episode right before the AC guy has a long conversation with Larry in the house where uh, where Susie says you should uh, adopt uh, a kid so you could become a more compassionate person. Mm-hmm. And Larry lets out like the greatest laugh I've ever heard in my life. Do you remember <laughs> that last week? Uh, and we hadn't really seen that laugh too yeah. much in, in the history of the show. Yes. And uh, to me, that's like a genuine Larry laugh. Mm-hmm. So it was a little bit of that in the Kimmel scene you're talking about. Yeah, uh, it was very funny of uh, Larry David. You know, he can't even breathe reading these uh, mean <laughs> And it tweets. wasn't even that funny. He's just probably never seen mean tweets before. Yeah. Like, I didn't think anything he was reading was hysterical. Maybe he was a little stoned or something, but like, maybe he's been hanging out with his son in law. I don't know. Maybe but he doesn't. No, I, don't, yeah. I don't know if his. He his, doesn't. His, he his didn't realize how mean people. people were on Twitter. Right, right. He's not on Twitter. He's never seen mean tweets. So to him, it was insane that they were reading really mean things. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, Keeve, uh, there you have it. That's the uh, nobody. Uh, nobody waits for seconds, or the tribunal, or the or the, tri- or the tribunal. Say. According to HBO.com, yes. uh, it's uh, never wait for seconds. That's the okay. Well, I think they know the best. Yeah. They know better than like. Uh, Wikipedia. I mean, they're the people that also are putting Tracy Ullman's show on. So I don't know if they. Know. Yeah, you're right. They know the worst, but maybe <laughs> like it. I think they're canon here. Right. Okay. So, Keeve, then, uh, what is your rating for this episode? Okay. Uh, I think this is the second best episode of the season. In. I just I loved having all the old characters back. I thought it was a, it, it wasn't a boring episode. There was a lot going on. Maybe too many balls in the air. Um, I didn't think any scenes were bad. I'm going to give this an eight point one two three four five. Okay, uh, I won't even get into uh, what you're doing with the decimals. Uh, I'll, I'll say this was a nine. Wow. Yeah. So this is your favorite episode of the season. Huh, yeah, I, you know, I liked all of the uh, the guests, and now I, I the, you know, I feel like that last week. You know, I liked this better than last week, but the the Uber stars got me into. You know, I gave it four Uber stars, uh, so now I feel like I liked right. it better, and so now mm-hmm. I've sort of like uh, had to go to a nine just because I like this a little better than last week. Now I really like your Cesar theory. I just don't know if we're going to get to the bottom of it. Maybe we could ask the actor. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will tweet at the actor and I'll say. Do you know that like does the did you know that Mexico Argentina is a fake World Cup qualifying game or is that the point of it? I'm going to ask him that. All right, cuz I don't think he's a lot of followers on Twitter. See what and he, he won't respond. And then ask him about the imagine. woman from last week. Ask him if he knows about Yogi Tina also. <laughs> yeah, I don't think he's going to know. Like, oh yeah, they just like give you the whole rundown of the motivations of characters. The from Bible of the season. <laughs> yes. Okay. All right. Very good. Keeve, uh what about our curb mailbag? All right, we got some questions this week, but I thought, what if uh, we just we we got so many questions from one person? What if we just only take questions from one particular? person? I mean, I think it would depend on who the person was, but um, and I use the per- word "person" very loosely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but what if we have it? Let's let's do an all Chester bag this week. Okay, all right, all Chester mailbag. Yeah, our greatest nightmares come to true. Okay, all right. So he says Larry's argument is completely nonsensical. Why would someone coming for seconds get to skip in front of waiting uh, people waiting for first? Shouldn't the guy coming for seconds have even more reason to wait in line behind the people who haven't eaten anything? Mm-hmm. Well, they don't have to get a plate. They're like they're not coming for an omelet. If you're literally just filling up with a couple more potatoes, I hear it. But I do see Chester's version of the argument. I, I this is I don't think the don't wait for seconds holds up in society. Yeah, the. Egg people should be on their own thing. I believe that this gentleman should get on the back of the line of the people that are going through the buffet for the first time. 
But the egg people should not be part of that. So the, the line yeah, will be moving. We've established the egg people are like the egg people on Twitter. They need their own separate space. That's that's right. That's right. So I think once you get the egg people out of there, I don't think there's any problem. He'll be waiting for, you know, uh, 45 seconds to get where he needs to go for potatoes. Once we take the egg yes. people out of there. Get those egg people out of there. Yeah. Why does Larry have to get the kid to go to bed in order for him to have sex? They can't have sex in another room of the house if the kid is awake in his room playing the guitar. Doesn't she have a lock on the door? Mm-hmm. She could play some music in her room if she's really concerned about sounds. Yeah. Although, I mean, this kid is uh, a lunatic. Yeah, you, know, you don't know what he's going to be doing. He'll be act- start acting right. I mean, out. She's- well, yeah, I mean, he's like, but he can be in his room for a few minutes. It's not like he needs like 24 seven, like visual, eye, like supervision. Right. And, like, I don't know how, but I don't know how long the gratitude sex. Maybe she take. can't relax now, if, you know, yeah, she no, I, it's a mood issue. Chester doesn't understand like emotions or feelings. Although he did. Um, he yeah, Chester is anti locking the door. I'm just letting you know, mm-hmm. he, like uh, in general, like what, what do you I, mean I, he's anti locking the door? And how do you know this? Well, well, we talk a lot. Um I don't like. I, I I don't know if I should talk out of school here, but he's against. Uh, okay, he, how about this? Or how about this? Can yeah, you tell me the okay. reasons why a person would be anti-locking sure. the door? Not necessarily. Well, it's Chester. not that he would be. Let's say somebody told him, like, he, let's say Chester went over to you and said, "Rob, has anybody ever walked in on you?" Okay. 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 And then you said to him, "No, alone or know, with somebody." No, with somebody. Okay. And you said to him. No, because, um, you know, like, uh, you now lock, that you have children, you, uh, you lock the door. You lock the door. Right. And he said, always? You know, you, like, what Like what if it just happens? Like, right. you, like you can't always lock the door. And you said, like, well, like, I'm a grown-up. You you know, like, uh, you're saying I'm here, not me. Right. Like, I'm a grown-up. Right. Uh, you know, like, I, you know, it's, you we're literally talking about a fourth of a second. Right. Like, you know, especially if you have older children who are 11 and not, you know, four and two, then, you know, you might want to spend the extra eighth of a second to lock the door. Clicking, locking. Right. But he he was I mean, and maybe I'm you in this case are a crazy person, but he thought this was insane. Mm hmm. He thought this was like the craziest thing he'd ever heard. So he's anti-locking. And then he went on to say that the whole Chester family is anti-locking and that he literally uh, has had, you know, like people just like open up his bedroom, not just like not not literally walking in, but like he's had multiple family members in the in like the month span where we had had this conversation recently, just open up like his bedroom door and start like start talking to him. Hmm. Start talking when, like, to They him. could have been seeing the wrong th- like or just like walk in, you know, like they could have been seeing something very bad. What does he live with Kramer? But, like his whole f- no, it's his <laughs> family members are, are a bunch of Kramers, it sounds like. Yeah. Oh, uh, wow. So, well, OK. But you're are you're on team Rob here and not team Chester, right? Uh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, I don't understand. And like I, I, I could understand the look, you know, uh, in a perfect world, you always mm. lock the door. But uh, maybe there's a moment where, uh, yeah. the, you know, it could, what, what if you're in a room that doesn't have a lock, which is obviously possible. Yeah, right? Or something it could kill the mood of let me go get up and lock the door. Sure. Uh, uh, yeah. But again, I mean, it's one second. We're not saying, like, go out and get a bagel. Mm-hmm. Right. I just hope but, not. but fair. I understand. But or you understand. But it, sometimes there's a there's, you know, like he said, what if there's a room with no lock? So then you would say to him. 
Well, you have a child who's, you know, multiple children who, like, if they ever saw something that would be, like, the end of their life, they would have to, like, jump out the window. Mm -hmm. You know, they would be scarred for life. So, like, maybe you just control yourself. Like, what if you... You know, yes. What if you were in college and you didn't have a condom? Let's say, like, okay, it would be bad, yeah. but you'd have to like figure something out figure or something go get out. one, okay. right? Sure. You're like a grown up, so you follow. I think so. But Chester was <laughs> Chester was befuddled by this whole thing. He was baffled. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, did he have any other questions? Yes. Uh, Besides, he wanted why do to know rooms if we like locks on the door? Uh, he loved Crazy Eye Kilo referencing Wanda Sykes having come out since the relationship. I've always wondered if Curb would reference that. I didn't catch that till Chester brings this up. So he said, I almost, because he almost married Wanda Sykes. So he said, he saved me from marrying a lesbian. Now, I guess Wanda was not out when the episode aired and came out a decade mm-hmm. later. That's weird. I mean, I guess they're friends with her. I'm sure she didn't care. But that's, that's kind of a weird comment. Like, you were, were mixing up the Curb world with the, with the actual world, right? That's strange. Uh, yeah, it is strange. We have uh, no idea. What Wanda Sykes' character on Curb Enthusiasm, was she supposed to be Wanda Sykes? Yes, she is famous person Wanda Sykes on Curb. Okay. So I believe then, you know, then, uh, like, I understand, like, Ted Danson is, you know, uh, divorced on the show, but not in real life. But if right. Wanda Sykes is a lesbian in real life, I would right. presume uh, Wanda Sykes, the uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm character, uh, also uh, would be a lesbian, you know, just like right, Mike- unless we're told otherwise. Correct. Right. You know, uh, Michael Richards uh, on Curb Your Enthusiasm, you know, uh, committed uh, the yes. same. Uh, <laughs> yes. Offense. Faux yes. pas. Right. Yeah. Faux pas. Yeah. Let's go for it. But yes. Um, yeah. No, that's a good point. Unless we're told otherwise, like, as you said, with with Ted and Mary Steenberg and like we are assumed that if you're playing yourself, everything about yourself is true. And let's prove another like, listen, Larry has a kid in real life and not on the show. But we're told that one more one more thing from Chester. He hates to quibble here. He doesn't hate to quibble, but he doesn't believe a group of Muslim clerics would find it to be a positive characteristic that Larry had extramarital sex with a Muslim woman. Especially if the door was locked. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Which it was not, as we know. Yeah. Um, Do we have a right, cleric uh, correspondent? Listen, if we if you're a cleric correspondent out there, let us know. But I think he's correct. I don't think they would view this as, uh, ooh, Larry's woke. He's willing to sleep with a person of a different religion. Mm-hmm. I feel like they're like, no, you've like defiled a Muslim woman. Now you have like a double fatwa. Right. Uh, you know, we, we and they probably know this woman. She's like, she's. She is plotted, right? She knows like a lot of high up people. She, <laughs> she knows the Ayatollah. She, plot. she, said. she was a plotter. She plotted. We don't know what side she's on, but she was a plotter. Yeah. Um, so uh, it's a good it's a good point, uh, but I think that they're willing to uh, give Larry the benefit of the doubt here. Mm-hmm. He's he does not seem to be uh, anti-Muslim. Oh no, no, he's definitely not. Yeah. So I think that they're excited about that. Yeah. Okay. All right, Keith. Uh, good job here. Only two weeks left of Curb. Yeah, two weeks left of us. Two weeks left of us, and then uh, who knows what the future holds. Yeah, no, I, I certainly don't. I mean, I do. I know what it holds. I, I got to make a bat mitzvah in a month, and I'm not prepared, and I'm going to lose all my money. Other than that, I don't know what the future holds. Okay, Keith, what's the hashtag <laughs> today? Oh, I said it at the beginning, but I, I'm not. did I write it down? Did you write it down? Uh, 
ta- uh, tap water under the bridge. Tap water under the bridge, not anti-lock. Uh, yeah, if you're if you're pro-lock or anti-lock, that's good. <laughs> right, pro-lock if you're pro-lock, anti-lock if you're anti-lock. That's a, that's a good one. All right, and then of course, uh, if people want to hear you and Chester debate the finer points of lock doors. Uh, what's coming up on the Thirty Two mm. Fans podcast? Uh, I I discuss a very uh, egregious film and fantasy football trade Ooh. that was made this week yeah. that I'm not happy about. I won't I won't uh, relitigate it for the eightieth time for you to hear. I did send you an angry email at one o'clock on Sunday. Yeah. Um, the you didn't do anything wrong, but I know. Uh, other than put your other than put your name on a, on a subpar product, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> a long time <laughs> ago. Your fault. Yeah, a long time ago. Yeah, yeah. it's like it, it's like Pro Player Stadium, but Pro Player Company doesn't exist anymore. That sort of thing, or like the Broncos play at Sports Authority Field, but the Sports Authority doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. So that's sort of like like uh, you know your league. Um, the, uh, yeah, and then we talk uh, football, and uh, we do a fun uh, draft. We draft all the bad quarterbacks. We try and gain negative points for having the worst uh, quarterbacks. Okay, the Peterman factor. Yeah, the, well, nobody drafted Nathan Peterman, who amazingly uh, may play again this week, according to their insane coach, who should immediately be fired, but he's considering playing him again. Okay, well, um, is this good news or bad news for Jets fans? That the- I don't. I mean, it's it's in there. Like we, you know, we don't play them anymore, so it's sort of pretty neutral. Okay. All right. Well, great stuff. Thanks so much to Scott St. Pierre for putting this all together. Of course, follow Akiva on Twitter. He's at Keith26. I'm at Rob Sister Nino. We will be back next week. Have a great Thanksgiving, everybody. Take care. Bye.